coming up, anatomy of the most common off-road driving disaster. Do not let this happen to you. The road to 4x4 hell, obviously so often paved with good intentions, entertainingly. Like, what could possibly go wrong, dude? I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Yes, for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you could just click the card that's up there now, dude. See what happens. But be warned, you might never be the same again. And I guess you've got to ask yourself, would that be an entirely bad thing? So anyway, I got this question from a chap named Big Louie several months ago, shamefully enough. I did have such plans to answer him promptly. I even got the whole thing half scripted and then it just got shelved. Along with my plans for world frigging domination. We had some pandemic or other. That's the Swiss army knife of non-achievement excuses these days. <coughs> I think you'd agree. Anyway, Mr. Louie went four-wheel driving in his mighty Pajero Sport with mates. Yeah, I know. That's how this particular horror story always starts. We did about two and a half hours of rough stuff and the Mitzi was fabulous. I am new to four-wheel driving, so have had little experience. Some experienced drivers from our party advised me to lower my tyre pressures to 25 PSI. I didn't know about this technique as it give more traction and all that stuff. I have done beach driving quiet successfully before at 12 PSI. That quiet success. I do like that. No need to brag after all. Big Louie there, loyal viewer, I'm presuming a carnivore. Nobody ever gets dubbed big in my estimation by overdoing it on the lentils or something. I'm seeing mafia hitman kind of like John Wick with a four pizza a day habit and a blue singlet. So, okay, 12 PSI on the beach, probably a bit low, dude. On OE tires, I wouldn't go below 16 on soft sand. The danger there, if you do this, is a lateral shunt which might roll the tire off the rim and break the bead and let all the air out. So friggin' inconvenient. If you are monumentally stuck in sand or mud or something, going down to 12 might increase the contact patch just enough to get you going again, but it's kind of a desperation move. But in some situations, it might work. So it's worth a go. But I wouldn't do it by default at 12. 25 PSI is okay on OE-type tyres for general off-roading. You know, if you need extra contact and conformity with the surface, like for rock slabs and shelves and general rock hopping, stuff like that. Okay, 25 will be fine. I mean, you're out there, right? You're wearing your best blue singlet and you've got Grandad's heirloom Bundy rum cap. Yes. You might as well break something expensive in the driveline, right? She's all good, dude. However, dumb me had to return to the nearest town to refuel because I underestimated my fuel use. Yes, very green to all this. It's okay, Big Louie. There's no shame in any of this. It's just like waking up in the wrong bed, in the wrong hotel, in the wrong city, wrapped around the wrong someone. We've all been there. Just get dressed, brush your teeth, gargle some Listerine and 
Move on, dude. I did not reinflate my tires. I went back to town over rough to very smooth dirt roads and some very short stretches of bitumen. I didn't think it was worth reinflating the tires as I kept my speed down and slow around the corners as I was aware that my pressures were down a bit. Not reinflating, okay? Bad idea, as you will shortly see. They're like 30% underinflated at 25 psi, and this is quite a lot. Tire pressures are absolutely crucial, and underinflation is way worse than overinflation when it comes to danger, especially at cruising speeds. On my return, I was traveling faster. I got up to speeds of 100 k's an hour on the good gravel. I got stuck behind a Toyota Prado traveling at 60 k's an hour, which really pissed me off. Anywho, I was following in his dirt cloud, heading up a small incline, straight, on a good gravel road, when I somehow veered to the left, unbeknownst to me. Nah, I'm tipping Big Louie knew all about it at the time. You know, the veering left, which is kind of obvious. And he's probably played it over and over and over and over and over in his frigging mind's eye, like a billion times since. Big Louie came to rest in some godforsaken banjo-playing pyromaniacal eucalypt weed infestation, which we Australians sometimes call national parks. He was saved by a Prado driver on Valium, metaphorically, and nobody wants that. And ended up in a ditch at a rather sharp angle. Sorry, didn't get a measure of the angel, but it wasn't fun. And of course, a bit of damage in the Mitzi. I was in shock as to how I ended up in there as I was directly behind Miss Daisy in the Toyota. I'm pretty sure I know exactly how you got there, dude, because that's exactly what a blowout on a dirt road feels like. The sidewall just flexes too much and over time it gets too hot and then suddenly it fails, dumps all the air out and the car makes like Barishnikov and then you crash. The left side of the vehicle, which was wedged against the side of the hill, I noticed the left-hand front tire off the rim and it had a hole in it. Now I am wonder, did the tire come off the rim which caused me to drift to the left or did it blow out for some reason? I am wondering whether the 25 PSI did this allowing the tire to come off the rim or was it a fault in the tire? Probably not a faulty tire, Big Louie. Generally, if the tire has a hole in it, it's the hole that's the problem and not the other way around. Balance of probability here, your tire deflated and then it rolled off the rim. It's unlikely to have happened in the other order. That's just Occam's razor, which essentially says, in the absence of compelling evidence to the contrary, the simplest explanations are generally the right ones. Okay, just think about that for a moment. I'll give you an example, dude. If your lovely wife comes home one fateful afternoon and finds you on the floor of the shower with Tiffany from the office, no matter how emphatically you claim to have been bravely administering cardiopulmonary resuscitation, you know, selflessly to save the young lass from drowning, and you have absolutely no idea what she was doing there, and let's face it, you're really a victim in all of this, just like her. It's not what it seems. And thank God you had the presence of mind to remove your brand new Ted Baker suit so it was not ruined by all that steam. She's unlikely to believe you because 
Occam's razor. It's funny like that, right? And whatever you do, do not make light of this situation, okay? Because guaranteed, she will fail to see the humour in any of it. They never do. Voice of experience. Basically, I can't forensically decompile this crash using my strange mental powers. I wish I could. But on the balance of probability, the crash got a massive leg up from driving underinflated. Like, it's a jungle out there, dude. It's actually just busted-ass eucalypt forest all the way to Cape York from Tasmania, but people still go there. Go figure. If this was due to low inflation, which isn't that low, why do we all get told to lower the tyre pressures for different driving environments? Should there be some rule about this or warning? Should we ever do it and take maybe greater risks with hard inflated tyres over loose and rocky surfaces, sharp inclines and declines, and all other unpredictable surfaces four-wheel drive vehicles go over? Look, Big Louie, it's just like any other domain. Like maybe, I don't know, doing a hit for the mob or eating a slice of pizza without chewing or something. There are rules, dude. I guess, you know, in a broader sense, they're more like guidelines, really, and what they're designed to do is just minimise the risk of failure, like politeness, for example, or remembering to wear pants during a job interview. Well, you know, for the majority of job interviews anyway, but you know what I mean. Rules, dude. I would be happy to hear all your thoughts on this subject, and yes, please have a go at me about my poor English I didn't listen at school, John. Regards. Big Louie. Well, Big Louie, thank you for your contribution to the program. Happy to oblige, son. 16 PSI for sand, as discussed, and 25 for rock hopping and rough, low-range operating conditions. Generally, you can safely add 10 to 15% to the placard maximum pressure for driving on the highway, and you can take 10 or 15% off that pressure for dirt road driving. This is for OE-sized tyres in general. And as the conditions adapt, you must adapt the pressures, up or down. Always reinflate when you get back on the highway or on good dirt, even if you only do so for a handful of Ks. Do not deflate, however, unless you really have to, in general, okay? Every situation's different, but these are ballpark ad adaptations, okay? Carry a compressor and a tyre plug kit. The compressor to adapt the pressures and the plug kit in case you get a puncture. And a decent tyre gauge, because if you're going to bother, you might as well do it accurately. Get out regularly and check the tyres. Like every time you get out, have a walk around the vehicle and just make sure that they all look okay. And take a close look, okay? Not a boy's look. And just never, never say, Fuck it, dude, it's only 15Ks. We'll reinflate when we get there. That's always the harbinger of disaster. So don't take this stuff lightly. 25 is not like nearly 32 or something or nearly 36. They're very different. Now, finally, on literacy, dude, you generally allocate one thought per sentence, Big Louie, and you prosecute your ideas in paragraphs upliftingly. Everyone, I'd suggest, who reads your autobiographical blowout account gets the general gist of it, mate. So that's positive. I'd suggest if more Australians detained themselves in this diligent communicational fashion, we would seem far less the nation of inarticulate, convict-descended, backward rednecks to the rest of the world, which would help us all make Australia less shit.
an ambitious outcome to which we really should each aspire, I'd suggest, as your next pie mincer. So big, if I may call you that in the most platonic sense, in the closing chapters of our relationship, you must have been at least partly conscious during at least some of your schooling process, like between recess and lunch or something, in term three of grade four. So that's a plus. Or perhaps all that pepperoni and cheese over time has given you super shitsvillian mutant literary powers. Yes. You're like a pizza-fueled, dull-bludging wolverine or a morbidly obese off-roading Deadpool, face-planting those chimichangas. Tacos and beers always keeping it loose, yes, as the Deadpool anthem so poignantly suggests. 